We got the Jesus graffiti off the walls. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Is that blasphemous? Nope. Do you want to say, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Uh, uh, hey. Hi. It's Wednesday. Our recording day. It is. I love Wednesdays. I do too. It's a good part of my week. It's my favorite part of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you say that every <laughs> every time because it is. <laughs> We're here with another episode of Which is Magic, Murder, and Mystery. Thank you. You're welcome. A friend of mine the other day was like, What's wrong with you? Why can't you remember what and I'm like, look, it's it's a lot of it's words. It's a lot of words mashed into one yeah you can't expect me to remember four words <laughs> all the time every time at least i know what the four words every are. time i have it how long yeah. has it been until how long does it take to form a habit probably less time than what it's taking <laughs> it's but fine. i'm 40 <laughs> it's fine numbers words things happen uh, okay well i'm kara i'm megan and yeah you're listening to our witches magic murder and mystery podcast yeah this is the fourth episode oh my gosh i know and we're these are going to be so we're dropping all four mm-hmm. on the first day so excited so this is the last of all the ones they're going to hear on the first day Ooh. yeah i hope you guys are liking them i hope you're binging them and liking yeah, them. yeah and if you don't like them don't tell us no we don't want to know just unsubscribe if you're not a fan no you can still subscribe actually yeah just don't stay listen subscribe just don't listen <laughs> or listen but don't physically listen like just turn it on yeah. So we get more, more. So we get the plays. But yeah, if you do like it, feel free to subscribe and leave a review because that's really important. It helps us, as you know, from every podcast you've ever listened to. Leaving yeah. reviews helps us get heard by Our more small people. Little podcast. Our tiny little podcast. Okay. So this week I'm doing the Hanged Butcher's Alleged Rejuvenation. Oh my. But I need to start this with. Uh, if you are triggered by domestic violence, um, if you are a victim and you still have trouble with hearing other people's stories, this one may not be for you. Okay. Um, I've been there, done that, had personal experiences with domestic violence. It's not fun. Um, but there's definitely help out there. So we can link some local and I guess statewide, nationwide. Yeah. Links. To we can put some stuff in the um, in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So William Creel was a butcher in Louisville uh, right after the Civil War. He married Margaret Evans Creel. They were married for 15 years and they had a son. His butcher shop was on Green Street. Not really sure where that is. I'm not from Louisville. Somewhere in Louisville. Somewhere <laughs> over there. I'm guessing it's important or well known. Yeah, Anybody for them to say Green Street. Green Street is. Okay. Um, and he was known for his honesty. Like, he was a very honest man. And I'm like, what? That doesn't line that up with where I think we're going. No, exactly. This. Okay. So he's like a good guy. So I guy. started reading this and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. But it also is like the thing, like... Back then, you know, guys were like, oh, he's a good man. He's uh, a great man. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Even when they weren't. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they were like, oh, he's such a good man. He's such a great man. Yeah. He had some things in his closet, though. Oh, good. <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> Those are my favorite men. <laughs> oh, not really. <laughs> okay. So um, his wife, Margaret, was known to be a very, like, delicate, fragile woman. Same. 
Same, like a little flower. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> okay. So early March uh, 1868, 32-year-old Mrs. Creel, who was suffering from an illness. It doesn't say what kind of illness. I mean, it just could have been, she I'm just tired was so of delicate. my husband's crap illness. Yes. <laughs> and I'm too delicate to say anything, yes. so I'm just going to die. Yeah, because yeah. you're not allowed to say anything no. back then, because that's so. that's wrong. Okay. Okay. So she finally decided that she's had enough of her uh, husband's, like, BS. She's mm-hmm. like, I can't do this anymore. So she decides to tell him. That because of her illness, she has to move in with her mother, her elderly mother. And her sister is still living with her mother as well. She has two brothers that had passed away during the war. Okay. Um, so he is a heavy alcoholic. And he goes on like this bender. And he's like. After she moves in with uh-huh. her mom? Okay. So she's moved out. All he right. He apparently had been a heavy drinker before this. But then he's like, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna just get, really lean in. I'm going to get wasty pants and <laughs> see what happens. Wasty pants. I bet that was his actual thought, <laughs> I too. think it was. It's a direct quote. <laughs> that it was. He was so honest that he's like, you know, wasty pants is what the level I want to be on today. Wasty pants. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's so if you ever need to I get want. there, let me know. I will. Kara, <laughs> let's tell get wasty how, pants. <laughs> tell me how to get to this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So he goes on several days of like just straight drinking. And on March 5th, he decided to stop by his mother in law's for a visit to see how his wife was feeling. Oh. And he's like, Are you are you leaving me? Are you gonna leave me? And she's probably like, No, 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 I'm just- You know, she was like fully dressed dancing around the house uh-huh. and then he knocked on the door and yeah, she's like, oh, oh, God, I don't feel good. Grab me. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. This is good. Yeah. It's feverish. Oh goodness. Um, oh god. Okay. So I'm so sad gets- I can't be with you all the I know. Time. <laughs> <laughs> so he she's like, No, 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 no. The doctors just told me that I have to go live in the country or else I'm never gonna get better. So I don't know what this illness was. I kind yeah. of feel like I should have it sometimes. <laughs> I do. I sometimes I had just have I to go to the country. I want that to be my cure. Yeah. What can we get a doctor to say that? You just need know. to go to the country. Go okay. In the country. Perfect. Yeah. Um, he clearly did not like this response mm-hmm. while he was drunk. Mm-hmm. So while he was wasting pants. While he was wasting pants. Okay. So then he started choking her with his bare hands. And he was like, oh, hey, wait, I've got this six-shooter revolver in my pocket. I'm just going to pull it out and shoot her two inches above her ear. Oh. Shot her in the head immediately. At her died. mom's house. Yep. She died in her elderly mother's arms. No. Yep. So her sister comes running down the stairs. Rosa Tolbert comes running down the stairs. And um, Creel is like, William, is like, wait a second. This chick. He said, I know that she was talking to my wife, told my wife that I'm going to end up murdering her because of my abuse and that my wife needed to get away. So I need to go after her. So he had a history of of abusing her. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. He was so an honest was dude, like, but also abusive. Her sister was like, you probably shouldn't be in this relationship anymore. Yeah. That's what sisters are for. Yeah. That's what they do. Okay. Yeah. Like. I don't like this guy. Yeah. And she's probably like, no, he's great. He's great. You should see he's him. So he's so honest, though. He's such an honest man, <laughs> and he's got a butcher shop. He does all the things with all the meats. Oh. Mm. People buy their meats there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he was super offended by that. He 
shot at her, but missed. And so she took off outside. Hmm. And he just starts chasing her. Oh, and this um, poor mother is just like holding the daughter that died and then yeah. watching this happen. Oh, yeah. So he's not wanting to waste his last two bullets because he, re- he remembers he's got a revolver. Oh, right. It's only a six shooter. Okay. He's I know a- nothing about guns. Thank you. Yeah. Got six it. shooter. Mm-hmm. Six bullets. Six bullets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I figured that out. Yeah. Uh, Context. <laughs> well, and I feel like my aim would probably be better with a revolver. I don't know, though. Uh, it's been a really long time since I've shot one. You think with a husband that's like master whatever. Yeah. And- yeah. Guns that I'd know. Um, <laughs> so he's like, shoot, I only have two bullets left. I don't want to waste them. Remember, he's still wasty pants. Mm. Uh, he shoots Well, that's himself. why his aim wasn't good. Yeah. He goes to shoot himself twice in the head. Uh, he's super- He missed himself in the head? He's super drunk. So it just like grazes his scalp. Jeez. So- He's like, shoot, I've drawn attention to myself. <laughs> this is bad. He's like standing outside. Murdering my wife and then shooting her sister. That's not the sister that's outside. Not much of an attention grabber. Stupor. Yeah. And yeah. my drunken stupor, he's like, oh, God. He's like, I'm a man. I could have gotten away with it up to this bad. point. This is going to be bad. <laughs> he's like in the neighborhood. Um, and the neighbors are like, what, what do you all think he's doing out here? <laughs> like, what's all this commotion? So we heard gunshots, but that was behind closed doors. It's yeah, none of our business. None of our business. But now that you're outdoors. Yeah. Now we're paying attention. We probably should pay attention to this. So the crowd chases after him and captures him um, at a pork house. I'm not sure what a pork house is. I'm assuming it's where I mean, it could go in one of two directions. For, yeah. yeah. Let's go with that one. Swine. Uh, on Beargrass Creek. I don't know where that is either, but it's noted in here. Mm hmm. Um, and usually, back then, they would just hang people mm-hmm. when they would do crazy stuff like this. But they're like, you know what? No. He's a man of his word. <laughs> He's such an honest man. He's a man of his word. We're going to throw him in the drunk tank for a bit. Uh, see what happens. He's still wasty pants. He's really wasty pants. You know what? He was. He didn't sober up for a week. Good Lord. So, how they, old is he? Do we know how old or ish? Um... So, I think I noted here, he was 46 and she was 38. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's... Yeah. So, it just... Yeah. Take him a while to recover from that one. Gotcha. Okay. So, they um, decided to dry him out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They ran... The newspapers started running announcements um, saying that... He was going to die from delirium. It was imminent. He was expected to die at any moment. Um, Just rotting in jail. So late March, uh, 12 days after the murder, it's reported that, quote, the condition of the prisoner is much improved, although yet he exhibits strong symptoms of mania a patu. Mania patu. Uh-huh. It is a mental disorder attributed to the alcoholic consumption. Uh, the symptoms are extreme um, excitement and violent behavior. Oh. Yes. So he had said that um, his wife's mother had fired shots at him first, and he was just merely returning fire at her and somehow hit his wife in the mm. head. That poor guy. And he's so honest. Uh-huh. He is. He's so, so honest. Um, And so then, like, the cops were like, no, 
buddy. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> his, we gotta come up with something. Even better. we can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, his attorneys are like, ah, let's uh, think about this. Um, so Margaret's funeral was held on March 9th while he was still in jail doing all of this nonsense. Um, and it is said to be one of the largest ever held in Louisville. Um, the reverend at the funeral preached against, uh, the dangers of alcohol and husbands beating their wives. You need to be kind to your wife, all these things. So, uh, he was able to wobble into circuit court on March 18th, says a reporter. He was very sensibly moved at the sight of the mother and sister of his murdered wife, her two, two, who are here to testify against him. Good. Says he burst into tears. And I'm like, okay, are these like alcohol tears? Yeah. Or what is this about? Um, so he knew, you know, they're going to hang me. Like, yeah. this is going to be the end result. I need to fight this. What an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, numerous attempts were made to, um, get bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, whoever the judge was decided this said, okay, I'm going to set it at 10,000, which now would be 157,000. Um, and he asks relatives, he asks friends, he asks all these people and no response. (laughs) Everybody was like, you may have been a good butcher. Yeah. And an honest man. thought you were an honest man, but, uh, it's not, we can't do this. We're not helping you. We're not going to be responsible. Good. So he literally was just rotting away in jail. Um, His lawyers decided to claim that he was insane. Uh, He had never been insane before. Remember, he's this great butcher. But now he has that mania. Yeah. (laughs) That. This. It's very Uh serious. Yeah, it's so serious. Uh, It caused him to become an alcoholic. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, they were saying, trying to say that he was insane. He's never been insane before. Um, so his trial lasted for four days in January, 1869. Um, the mother of his wife and sister offer straightforward, unstraight, unshakable and moving testimonies about what they had witnessed on March 7th, 1868. Good. I wondered what kind of shape like the sister was in. So good. I'm glad she was. But this is almost a year later. Oh. March to January. Yeah, I mean, I guess I thought back then trials happened quicker. That's yeah. Because now they I, take forever. Oh, but, they do take yeah. forever. But back then, if you're just planning on throwing, they were going to hang him anyway. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So the best defense could do was bring in elderly J. W. Knight, who had been a doctor for fifty years. The doctor stated the liquor used nowadays not only intoxicates. But deranges many who drink it. That has been my experience in this city. In 1812 and 1813, liquor did not hurt men. Now it poisons many of them. Well, this is like what we talked about in the last episode with like the type yes. of the type of alcohol that like moonshine. It was a legit. <laughs> It's like some serious alcohol. <laughs> I still don't buy this excuse, but no, I think it's funny that it keeps coming up. But they're yes. like, listen, guys, you don't understand. You don't know what we used to be able to drink. <laughs> this is some serious alcohol. Yes. Okay. Uh, he said it affects the brain and the whole nervous system. Modern whiskey has strychnine and fish berries in it, and it deranges <laughs> the mind. What, what is, is a fish, fish berry? berry? <laughs> <laughs> don't eat them. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes me want to know. I need to know what they are so that I know if they're still at all in whiskey. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? All right, all right, all right. What's Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he knows because he does wild turkey. Let's, Let's call him. him. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> send us his phone number. Uh, <laughs> So it says it deranges the mind. Men, don't, men under the influence of liquor and who have been habitually drunk are often so affected thereby that they don't know what they're doing. Um, they love to utilize the blame the victim strategy, but they couldn't really do that here. Um, blame the alcohol couldn't really. It didn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just another example of like you're drunk so you can't be held accountable yeah. which is yeah. not okay and it's not like the wife was like at the house and he could have been like oh she was crazy like no. he showed up at he the went after her house yeah um so he said my client was too drunk to know what he was doing he it they the judges were just like nah this is ridiculous um so in the face of defense the verdict was foregone conclusion guilty with a recommendation of capital punishment, which was they were going to hang him. Okay. Um, the date of the execution was delayed four times by Governor Stevenson. Um, and a lot of people thought that he would just never, never pay the price of his crime. Oh. They were just like, oh, he's just going to sit in jail. He was an honest man. We don't know why people it was know, delayed. Yeah. Just yeah. delayed. Because he was um, an honest man. Yeah. I guess because they kept trying to fight it. Yeah. Kept trying to like appealing it or whatever. So governor was like, oh, let's, let's just. Let's we'll just hear him out. Let's just. Yeah. Let's, let's see what excuse he's got this time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it may be better this time. Ugh. It may, it may make more sense. Um, so on January 21st, 1870, it was the last chosen as the date when the butcher would be reunited with his wife. Okay. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I don't think that his wife is like up there in heaven. Yeah, just like, like please, I can't wait for my sweet dear husband to come up here. Please somebody send him to me. Jeez. She's probably it's almost married. a punishment for her. She's probably like, why we married or something up there. Oh, yeah. 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 She found somebody better. Like his competitor butcher or something. <laughs> <laughs> the person that made the whiskey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. So all of a sudden the governor starts getting petitions uh, signed by people who thought Creel's life should be spared, um, that their generosity um, undoubtedly would have been strained had the same Creel wanted to murder their sisters or daughters. Like, oh, had that happened, like, had he been married to their sister or something, they would have been like, <sighs> but don't you think that's true in like a million? I mean, there's so many examples of that of people who don't care. And have no sympathy for a thing oh, until yeah. it di- affects them directly. Yes. I mean, oh yeah, everything in the world right now with like, I mean, we oh, don't have gosh, to yeah. go. I mean, it's like a whole other episode. To it's talk a dumpster about. fire. Yeah, the insanity <laughs> of twenty twenty. But it's like people are just like, I don't see why this is a big deal, or uh-huh. I don't care. You know, yeah. and it's like because it doesn't affect you directly, right? Ugh, Ugh people. people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. His attorney um, presented the petitions to the governor's governor Stevens uh-huh. or Stevenson, sorry, and also consumed two hours of that official's time. He was trying to argue that his client's life should be spared. Um, it says that his attorney received a patient and respectful hearing, but the governor was just like. Nah, guys, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, like, he's I mean, been sitting in here for a bit, and my reputation's on the line. Like, we probably should just like get this. Yeah, far. I mean, like, they did already rule that he should, just, should be put to death. Yeah, okay. we probably should just end this. 
Um, so he spent his final days reading newspapers. Um, he could have seen the front page headlines, fearful gallo scene in January, uh, by the courier, courier journal. Wow. Words. <laughs> um, the article told in graphic detail of a bungled North Carolina hanging that resulted in the guest of honor managing to struggle his way back up into the gallows. Oh. <sighs> Whenever I hear those stories where it's like, it didn't work. Like they hung and yeah. they didn't die immediately. Oh, oh what a horrible. Horrible. I mean, I get that probably if they're being put to death, there's a good reason, but Ugh. what a what a terrible. Yeah. I don't know. And then that all depends on how you feel about the death penalty, which that's right. a whole other episode Ooh, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the day before, uh, General Jackson made a motion for a new trial on the grounds that he had just discovered more evidence that the prisoner was insane. The day before he was going to be hung? Yep. Okay. God, again? He gets again! So, um, his proof must have been unconvincing because the court refused to grant a new trial. Okay, good. Uh, when the prisoner realized that the end was really gonna happen, uh, he telegraphed the governor asking for a few more days to prepare himself for death. Like, what? You've uh, been sitting in there for a what's bit. What's he gotta do? What else do you need to think about? Shave? Like, what yeah, do you need like, to do? What do you need I need to, to be ready. Uh, yeah, like, do you, I don't, I don't know. The governor um, felt that Creel had had sufficient time to yeah, tend to his matters. he has. So he didn't respond to him. He ghosted him. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Courier-Journal reporter was granted permission to visit him um, during his last night. The prisoner said that he would make his final statements on the gallows. He didn't want to talk to him. Um, he added that he knew absolutely nothing about his wife's murder. What? Uh, it, this says that that could have been true had he been so drunk he didn't remember oh. it. But also, like, if you're tearing up at your trial when your sister-in-law and mother-in-law are talking and you're, like, you, like I don't, I don't know. Plus, I thought the other story was that she came after him for, or his the mother shot him. First yeah, him. yeah. So, yeah. How many stories are we going to, I mean, it took several, like, <laughs> as many as it takes, Kara. As That's many how many stories. they tried to get him out. <laughs> Um, so his wife's relatives just all really hated him. Um, and so he was like, oh, well, uh, they're just, they're just talking bad about me to the prosecution and everybody in town. So that's why I got this sentence because. Because they're talking bad about me. Not because I killed a person. Everybody in town like knows me and knows that I'm a good guy and everything. Such a popularity contest. I'm just like the best butcher around town on Green Street. (laughs) So like they shouldn't judge me for what I did to my wife. Okay. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) This makes me want to. Understand, like, I want to be like, what were your parents like, sir? Like, why do you think that's okay? Uh, It says, uh, he added that he believed in God in hopes that he would meet Margaret in heaven. That poor woman. I know. Don't ever get away from her. Don't go there. Get Mm. out of heaven. Uh, It says the sheriff obtained all necessary paraphernalia the rope, the cape, coffin. Or the cap. <laughs> Cape. It's like Harry Potter now. <laughs> uh, cloak of invisibility. Uh, the gallows were constructed on 15th Street, wherever that is. I don't know. I'm hoping that he was like staring at his butcher shop. Is that more of it? Is that uh, terrible? No, I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> um, and it was set to be held in public. 
The prisoner awoke bright and early the morning of the 21st, proving that he had at least one good habit, and he received final visits from his 14-year-old son and his brother, George. Who wrote this article? Why are we judging him (laughs) based on how early he woke up? I know. Like, he's a good guy, guys. He woke up early on the day of his execution for murder. He was so good at getting up early. And getting his shit done. Why? Like he. Why is that sentence in there at all? I know. <laughs> but he look, woke he's up early, so you can tell he's at his heart. He's good. Good. Maybe he was doing. I don't know. Morning pages. I don't know. Like I was gonna say, maybe he's like getting his coffee and like yeah, shining his shoes and journaling. Yeah. Meditating. That's exactly. He was doing some yoga. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he did. That's probably it. That's probably what he was. What else would he? For. I know. What <laughs> else? He wouldn't be drinking. No. Stop. God. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, he was 46 years old, dressed in black, walked to the scaffold as 10,000 people watched him. Oh. 10,000. Uh, you know what? Majority of those were women. Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they burst yes. into goodbye, Earl. Oh, that's I mean, amazing. The timeline doesn't match up, but let's just imagine it for a minute. That's <laughs> Was that his last dinner? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. I wonder, like, I always wonder about this when they talk about how, like, people used to attend executions. Uh-huh. And I wonder, because, you know, we are murderinos. Yeah. Would we have gone to the public executions? I think so. I think so, too. But I also think, and maybe I would have gotten used to it, but, like. I think it would have messed with my head to be like, oh, God, I just watched a person die. And then I did it I again. Think that's why they put the cap on them. So you can't see their facial It would still bother me. I would still know. Yeah, even without the face would make it worse. But I would still be like, that person was alive and now they're not. And I just watched it happen. That's weird. I like stories of murder. I don't like to see, see mur- dead people. Happen. Yeah. No. Okay. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. You're welcome for that uh, interlude. I love it. Yeah, you all are welcome. <laughs> the crowd was well-behaved and thoughtful and even appeared to sympathize with Creel when Reverend Perkins offered a prayer. That moment was a solemn one indeed, they quoted, Ugh. and brought tears to the eyes of thousands and vast. All throne. those women there to watch him die. Therefore, who then Touched. the first time truly realized the terrible position of the doomed man. What? Yeah. It says no one was more solemn than Sheriff J.M. Martin, a longtime friend of the man who was about to execute. Several of the policemen accompanied him to the gallows, had been his schoolmates. Um, This article definitely has like a sympathetic tone to it. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. This is what happened. Like, and then everyone, the the gravity of what this poor man was about to go through. Yeah. Do you know when and his those wife were his went friends? Yeah, like it really. Were you all the same people at his wife's funeral too? This bothers me. Okay. I know. Keep I on. know. Okay, so when the sheriff asked him if he had anything to say, he said, "No, it's only going to create more talk." So he doesn't want any more like drama going. There's already town talk, about sir. It. Yeah, we're sir. talking about it now, in 2020. Yeah. Well, he had like been complaining that everybody's talking about him in town. That's why he got. He's going to be hung. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> people uh it says in his eulogy uh billy creel has at last paid the great penalty but died believing that he had found forgiveness um 
So the Courier Journal published a letter. You know how, like, in the papers, like, people can write letters and just, like, give themselves, like, a pseudonym or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, this person's Like name. a letter to the editor. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then people can respond to the letters yeah. and they'll post the responses. So that's what this is. Um, this person calling themselves W complained that executions ought not to be held in public, ought not to be held at all, in fact. He was countered in print days later by Justice... Uh, Their exchange indicates that arguments for and against capital punishment have not changed much in 130 years. Yeah. Um, Courier Journal agreed with W that hanging should be private, but also agreed with justice that a few fashionable convictions and first class hangings, especially among moneyed murderers, were necessary to keep society alive. What does moneyed murderers mean? I don't know. Fashionable convictions and first class hangings. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so after he was hung, uh, his relatives took his remains to the receiving vault at Cave Hill Cemetery um, to await, I guess, embalming and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, This professor had traveled from Cincinnati hoping to get his head. Why? I don't know. To, like, study it? it? Yeah, like, his brain after alcoholism to see what it did to it, maybe? Oh, yeah. To see if he really was insane. I don't know. Um, so then, more drama. Uh, the Louisville Commercial published <laughs> published that he was not really dead. He'd only been strangled into unconsciousness by the rope after he had been confined and carted off to Cave Hill. So went the story. Three men <laughs> opened the vault, carried out his corpse, and... <laughs> Taking him to a surgeon. Uh, medical students watch the doctor restore him to life with a galvanic battery. <laughs> George! <laughs> clear! <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> so they're like, he's not really dead. And this guy brought uh, him back to life. Yeah. Okay. And so the... <laughs> so this is the rejuvenation part so of the So they're saying, like, the story says he popped up and said, What have you all done? Am I alive? Oh, God. Just like Frankenstein. He is. <laughs> um, so the commercials reporter wrote, Justice had been satisfied by the public execution, though life returned. Why should the students deliver up what had so... Providentially? Yeah. I'm. Provid- That's a strange word. Yeah. And wonderfully been restored. They gave their subject a change of clothes and money. I. They're just saying that they, like... Popped him out of his casket or whatever he was in for embalming, like getting ready for embalming and like, well, like, yeah, revived him. It says, and put new clothes on him. And to say justice had been satisfied by the, by the public execution implies that that was enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he did this bad thing and it's enough that yeah. the people think he's dead. Yeah. But, and we're going to send him on his way with clothes and money. <sighs> um, uh, the commercial pointed out that when a galvanic battery had been applied to the hide of Dave Caution, a Louisville murderer had been hanged some years before. Caution set up on the dissecting table, <laughs> embalming table, I'm guessing, although mm-hmm. he was defunct. Um, some people took that um, so seriously, they opened his vault up. He's still in his coffin. Okay. Right where the sheriff had left him. It's just a rumor. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he really did die, but people wanted him alive so bad. 
That's so weird. So, so bad. For years. Yeah. And also, like, screw domestic violence. God. Okay, I have on here, I was talking to my husband because, you know, he's all over the domestic violence. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do he's domestic violence. He's not a violence. domestic violence He's yeah. He's yeah. Uh, over domestic violence unit where he helps a lot of victims. Uh, did you know that not until the 1970s, local communities began to create grassroots victim services for rape and domestic violence? 1970. Wow. Well... I was listening. Oh, shoot. There was a podcast I was just listening to recently. Um, I think it's called Paper Ghosts or Paper Girls or something like that. Uh-huh. And there's only four or five episodes right now. But it's about um, a set of abductions that happened years and years and years uh-huh. ago, like in the 70s. And it kind of goes into this story of this woman who disappeared. And they think that they think actually she was abusive. Oh. to her kids and that her husband killed her okay. to protect his right. children. It talks about how um, that sort of situation, domestic violence, wasn't taken seriously until oh, no. at some point in this, the 80s, really. There's a 911 call. I don't know if it was 911 back then, but uh-huh. it was some sort of emergency services call when this kid calls to report that his dad was beating up his oh. mom they started playing the 911 call and i had to i, no, I, I, I like can't. skipped past yeah. it it's awful because this kid is just so distressed and Ugh. crying it's terrible Ugh. but it talked about how that 911 call or whatever it was became so um popular like uh-huh. it was played everywhere that that suddenly changed the public opinion of domestic violence and yeah. how people were suddenly like oh shoot not gonna just ignore it anymore right because you know it was yeah. You know, the world was so different then where it was like, you got to, like, like I said, it happens behind closed doors. Yeah. That's, that's that family's business. That's none oh, of our yeah. business. And there's oh, still yeah. some of that, I feel like, oh, especially in, so much in the South. That. Yeah. But it's like. Know your place. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get involved. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, we got to get involved. No, Somebody's got to get we involved. We need to. Yeah. What if it was you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, wouldn't um, you want someone to help you? Yeah. I was asking my husband last night when I was like finishing the research on this, he was like super into it. Yeah. Cause this is like his jam. Um, so he said that not until 1976 that the rape shield balls were created. Uh, 1978, they came up with 24 hour rape kits, but not until 1984, um, the domestic violence abuse act was out. And then not until 1990 that marital rape laws into effect. Ugh. 1990. Because if it, you were married, it can't be rape. Like, I'm gross. sorry. Huh? That's so gross. Like, the 2000s have definitely come a long way. There are a lot of more victim services out there, but there's still way too much domestic violence. Well, and there's still the whole thing about, like, if you are raped and have a rape kit done, uh-huh. will it ever get processed? Right. Because there's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, people are the worst <laughs> this world. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, so don't. I guess don't marry a butcher that is told to be super honest. Yeah. Maybe look into his closets first. Uh, when you said butcher, I thought it was going to be like a like I didn't realize he was actually a butcher. I thought maybe he was a murderer. Oh, uh, you know, when I so first I'm looked glad. at it, I was like, is this like a Sweeney Todd experience? Yeah, he's going to be like killing people in his freezers. That yeah. would have been even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> in a weird twisted world yeah. yes <laughs> a lot better than domestic violence yeah yeah so that's mine what right. are you gonna do 
Okay, so my next episode is going to be about a professor um, who put a curse on Transylvania University in Lexington. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. So it's kind of a black magic one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, you guys. listeners. Yeah, if you – oh, hey, we had an idea. If you have a Kentucky-based – story about yes. murder mystery which is that sort of a thing aliens anything yeah. really anything send it to us at which is ma- what is it <laughs> which is magic murder mystery at gmail.com which is magic murder mystery at gmail.com yep. or even dm us on instagram yes which, which you is can- magic murder and mystery on there as well same thing um <laughs> and that way a friend of megan's find her on <laughs> megan underscore whitmer <laughs> And then Kara at at <laughs> But that way, we're not only doing Kentucky stories, but they are fun since we know Kentucky. Yes. And it's also and like a lot of these stories haven't already been told a million times. Right. And we also want to know, like, what's haunted around us? Yeah. Even what's if it's spooky? a short little thing. Yeah. Like, I've had friends here lately tell me that a uh, local high school is haunted and I kind of want to know more about it, but it's hard to find info. Yeah. I'm having that with a few stories I've been trying to yeah. research. It's like, there's not a lot. So okay. short stories would be fun. Yeah, so send them to us if you've got anything, guys, we'll, that will be helpful, and we'll share them on the podcast. And, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I'm excited. See you guys. 